0: It's big, it's black, it's about watches. Welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast.
1: Well, hello, Mr. Custer, R.T. Custer. Custer, is the yep. way it's pronounced? Yep. That's right, it. We're so happy to have you uh, this week on the po- Big Black Clock Podcast. Um, so we have R.T. Custer, who is from Vortec Watches, joining us today, and we're, we're really excited to have him here. Uh, welcome, RT. Yeah,
2: thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited.
1: Um, one of the first things we'd like to do before we jump in, I know we we, we have some questions we want to ask you. It's always customary to ask a little bit, what are you wearing today? Uh, I'm
2: wearing the Vortec Military Edition, fourth edition from this year. Fantastic. And yeah, just excited to be selling these now. It's, you know, takes us all year to make the the 50 that we, that we sell on Veterans Day and um, you know, just exciting to be able to, to finally wear one.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. We want to ask about that. But let's take a step back, you know, just understand a little bit about Vortech. So can you tell us a little bit about Vortec? Where does the name come from? What does it mean? To, what, what, tell us about Vortech a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I like to say now Vortech is uh, like Vortex and TikTok, a beautiful clash of old and new. And that's just because we take antique American pocket watches and turn them into one-of-a-kind wristwatches. The name actually started as basically this way to describe our original concept, which was not taking pocket watches and turning them into wristwatches. We invented back in college this really cool system of a telescoping bracelet that as you turned the bezel of a watch, it would tighten the bracelet around your wrist in really tiny increments. Um, Oh, wow. And we we called it making the perfect fit standard. And we have patents and trademarks and all kinds of stuff around (laughs) that that we did in college. That was almost a decade ago. And... That's where Vortec originally came from. And, and it was like vor, Vortex was like turning the bezel. And then TikTok was like from, from, you know, a watch. And we didn't, we were engineers. We didn't know shit about watches at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and we were kids. I mean, uh, 21 and, and 20 respectively, Tyler and I, when we started. Um, and when we had that idea and we actually had that idea on the golf course after class one day. So that's our like original like startup story, but what happened was we as we were getting the patents on that idea as we were researching like okay if we're gonna do this um we got to make it in in america because made in usa is popular now but like in 2012 2013 it was everyone was talking about it that was right when shinola was getting started and hitting that really hard and so um we were like okay let's make this in usa and we did a ton of research does anyone make a movement in america you know cuz yeah. it's like we want it to be a mechanical movement this is a cool device like it's got to be an expensive watch to have all that technology in it because and- mechanically
1: there's not there's not much i know there's like Ameri quartz right i've heard of that and yeah but there's a lot of flack about being able to put made in america right there's a lot of not controversy but sometimes it makes noise where it's like is it made in America? What does that mean and, exactly? And you, yeah.
2: and you can't. I mean, Shinola got hit by the Federal Trade yep. Commission for, for a, a big issue by, by saying made in USA made in when Detroit. it's not. So, yeah. So they now I think they say built in Detroit, which is accurate. Yeah. Um, but – made in usa is a very precise definition and i actually i did this whole rant on on vortex youtube channel um, about you know what is the definition of made in usa and um I, i could go down the rabbit hole on that because that's been my life for the last 10 years but long story short no one makes a movement in america at scale it's not a thing zero period end of story and especially 10 years ago, that was definitely not a thing. Um, FTS didn't exist back then. They're they're really the closest to trying to do stuff like that at scale. Um, obviously, you have companies like RGM and Weiss who do it at a small scale for themselves and their old brands. And they have a lot of parts that are made in America. But it's still difficult to stamp Made in USA on that stuff. But the companies that could were what I call the great American watch companies. And I also did a YouTube uh, video about that and the history. I called it the history of the great American watch companies.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: these companies like Hamilton, Elgin, Waltham, Illinois they made pocket watches from about the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s. And most people don't know that they existed or that America was like the Switzerland of the world for that hundred years. And we were making tens of millions of pocket watches here and just pumping out mechanical movements all across the Northeast. It was really Boston to Chicago that all these companies were. And so we learned about that history and we found out that most pocket watches today get scrapped for gold and silver of the case, leaving the movement dial in hands as trash. And we were like, hey, I wonder if we took these old pocket watches, turned them into wristwatches, We can make the case and the crown and the bigger stuff like that's that's made in USA. We can totally figure that out. And then it'd be 100 percent made here. And we put that idea on Kickstarter in 2014 and we've sold every watch we've ever made since and we've never gone back to that first idea. So, you know, sometimes you get lucky and you have a good idea and that was ours.
0: Excellent. And, you know, speaking of sourcing those watches, those movements and uh, that you get from all of those pocket watches, can you describe, let's say, the process of how you guys source them, how you decide which ones to keep, which ones to discard? Totally. Yeah, so... Um Every day somewhere in the country,
2: a pawn shop or a jewelry store goes out of business. And there are hundreds of small stores like that have, that have gone under in the last decade. And there are, there's this whole industry called estate auctions. And whether somebody passes away and they were a watchmaker for 50 years and they have a bunch of tools and equipment and parts and pocket watches and wrist watches that no one knows what to let their face do with. Or they owned a pawn shop and their family doesn't want to continue the business um, or just financially the jewelry store isn't working anymore. You know, a lot of things are going online and so jewelry stores around the country are struggling. There's this whole industry of, of estate buyers that come in and they'll buy the entire thing. So they'll just say, hey, grandpa was a watchmaker grandpa passed away last year. We don't know what to do with this. You call up one of these estate auction companies like Jones and Haran auction house in Manchester, New Hampshire. They're my favorite. And they go in and they buy the whole thing sight unseen. They're just like, Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll solve this problem for you. We're so sorry for your loss. We're going to make it right. We're going to write you a check for the whole thing. We're going to pack it all up and we're going to bring it to our warehouse. And they companies like that, these estate auction companies go out and buy all this stuff at scale.
1: And, they I've seen TV shows about this are there TV shows where they just go buy all these yeah
2: I mean there's a ton there's like Pawn Stars and there's um, Hunters um, -hunters yeah American Pickers is probably the most popular Mm -hmm. one and um, Antique Roadshow or something Antique Roadshow does uh, a cool yeah where they like find cool things like that but that's you know that's really the concept is, is these estate buyers are out there buying all this stuff at scale. And they sell the Rolexes to somebody. They sell the Omegas to somebody. They sell the diamonds to somebody else. They sell the gold and the silver to other people. They find the really rare, cool stuff, and they put it on eBay, and they auction it off. Or like Jones and Iran is an auction house. And so they, they do an auction every three months or so and auction all this stuff off. And then all of them, for prior to Vortec Watch Company existing had no idea what to do with the pocket watches especially loose movements and dials like what do you do with an american pocket watch that's a 100 years old nobody cares
1: nobody wants it and, a, and and a pocket watch as well like the use in itself you go, what am i gonna use a pocket watch yeah. for right
2: and so um we work with auction houses like that to save those pieces of american history from being thrown away especially from the pawn shop side because pawn shops are scrapping the gold and silver of the cases. And so we just get movements sometimes by the hundreds. And long story short, I'm the only human in America that buys more than 100 pocket watches at a time, like at scale like that. And and all of these people <laughs> have my business card and they know that we at Vortec exist. And if they don't, Call you know, now they do. Hopefully they're listening to this and they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I own a pawn shop. I got 100 pocket watches. I'm going to send them over. And so we buy thousands of pocket watches a year, um, trying to save them, you know, trying to, trying to make sure people don't just throw them away. Cause that's really the other alternative. Um, and then we start cherry picking them and we find the best of the best. We find the ones that are still ticking, you know, it's crazy. A hundred years later, these things have all their parts. They're fine. They've just been sitting in a drawer that somebody forgot about them. So we cherry pick the best of the best from a functionality standpoint Um, And from do they have all their parts? Do they still have the original dial and hands attached? Um, Are they cool looking? You know, do they have a good story? Um, Were they made quality by one of these American watch companies? We have all the historical records on these companies, so we know how rare these things are. Um, and and most of that is is my role for the company. I I I get to. I love. It's like the coolest thing. It's it's literally like antique roadshow slash American Pickers yeah. for me. I'm just out there hunting, you know. And so we we find the best of the best, and then I bring them to to my watchmakers um, and my business partner Tyler, who sit on the other side of this wall over here. And I say, okay, you know, I bought a thousand. I narrowed it down to a hundred. These are awesome. What do you guys think? They cut that in half again. They find like, okay, this one's cool. I can see why you brought it to us, RT, but like, we can't use it. It doesn't. It's missing this part, or it doesn't have a screw, or something weird. And then they start the restoration process.
1: And we okay, so you restore. You can put in different pieces to bring it up, uh, to bring it to a functional state. You know, and uh- yeah,
2: so we we try to keep everything original. Um, so we what we have to to replace. On these antique pocket watches, is mostly the springs. So your mainspring, your hairspring. A lot of the mainsprings have to get replaced just because they don't have any power left um, or they're rusted. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm, so yeah. we're replacing a lot of those springs. Um, we typically use new old stock components for that, so it is it is still original to the piece, or at least was made mm-hmm. by that company. Um, our mission is to preserve American history with these watches and so we're, we're preserving it we're restoring it we're not just cleaning it you know what i mean um and then uh and then once the pocket watch movement dial and hands are all restored then uh tyler and his team on our manufacturing side we we make all the cases crowns hardware everything on the outside of the watch is manufactured in this building here in fort collins colorado um and we have different sizes of cases different customizations that we have um, and, and that's, that's what we call the American artisan series. And, and that's our series amazing. of pocket watch conversions.
0: That's uh, amazing. Thank you. Uh, so now at the point where you guys have uh, sourced your movements and then you have restored movements, the next step would be the, the, the hand finishing that you put in the, in the, in the cases. Once you, once you start to assemble the watch together, can you describe that process to us? Yeah. So
2: for our like watch of the day watches, um, every single one is one of a kind. And so, like, if you go to VortecWatches.com slash watches, that's everything we have in stock. And as you scroll through, or just go to our Instagram, as you scroll through, it's basically a gallery. They're all unique. And you'll see that we very intentionally put, like, a bronze case with a dial that has, like, an orangish hue to it. Um, You know, we'll find some 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 movements that have purpled steel hands. A lot of them have blued steel, but some of them are purple. The one we did yesterday um, was, it, it had the original Packard car company logo on it. It says, ask the man who owns one. So cool. It sold in like four minutes or something. It was crazy. Um, wow. But it had purple hands. And so we used a dark red strap and we uh, put the titanium case that we use into the kiln. And with basically time and temperature you can oxidize titanium and make it appear as though it's bronze and so we mess around with that we do some really cool stuff with um basically oxidizing and changing the temperature and colors of the titanium that we use and so we have bronzed titanium we have blued titanium we have this one that's almost like oil slick it's like a little bit of purple and stuff that's going on and so we put that one into into that kind of oil slick color um, and so, yeah, we, we have so much fun making the, whether it's a titanium case or a bronze case that we can patina using some chemicals. We make the, we pre patina the case for you. So you don't have to worry about what's going to look like, you know, a year or two from now, we take the bronze and add the patina already. Um, tons of fun with that, all the different materials that we can make. And that's one of the reasons we make it here.
1: Some of the cases have like a texture on the, the bezel. It almost looks like it's um, not engraved, but how, about, how do you call that is when it's like, it, it almost has like oh, a... Oh,
2: so I think you're referring to our, our Railroad Edition watches. They have a coin yeah. edge on the bezel. Coin edge, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, so it's like
1: a texture to the whole case, Yeah, right? and so
2: we, uh, we make that on, on one of our 5-axis uh, CNC milling machines here, um, and just the process of making that is, is really fun to watch, but um, each one of those slots uh, in the edge gets cut one by one. Um, and the the bezel just rotates in the machine and cuts one at a time. Um, and so yeah, we can because we make it here, we fully control that whole process and we can make everything truly one of a kind, or at least in small batches.
0: Um, no it's it's awesome. I, I was looking up uh, you guys have uh, different machinery that you use in house mm-hmm. for to, to assemble all of that. and uh, it seems really cool
2: it's It's super cool I mean, we we have eight thousand square feet here, um, so about a little over two thousand square feet of space is our machine shop, and we have six machines, three vertical machines, and three horizontal machines. Um, basically, all that means is like the the three horizontal machines um, are 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 lathes, and so they're making small round parts, and so the the tools are stagnant and come in, and then the the metal turns if you've ever seen someone making like a wooden chair. Um, on Instagram or TikTok, like the, the wood is rotating and then they're coming in and cutting it away on the little lathe. It's that, but tiny, tiny little pieces of metal that we're making on those machines. And then we have uh, three vertical machines, one of which is a five-axis machine. And um, Tyler does, we, we have a, Tyler and I do a, a YouTube TV show called uh, Custer and Wolf Building a Watch Company. And every mm. week we do episodes where we showcase the different stuff we have. And he's done a couple A couple videos about like what is a cnc machine what is a what is a mill what is a lathe so if you're curious on how people take a chunk of metal and turn it into a watch case you know we we put it all on youtube because none of it's a secret um and it's really cool
1: And just something to definitely be proud of. Now, in terms of these cases, uh, we're talking about the movements, which you guys are trying to restore, or not restore, at least preserve in terms of American history. Are all your cases as well um, found, found, like all the materials themselves, are they all sourced from the United States as well?
2: Yeah, we do the best we can to source everything here um, and locally, domestically, as, as, as much as we can. For years, we've, uh, on the cases and the materials, um, most of the titanium is coming from Ohio. I think, um, mm-hmm. the steel is from a different supplier, I think out of California. Um, I mean, there's, there's, um, metal manufacturing companies all, all over. It does cost a little bit more to have domestically produced, um, metals, especially in bronze and things like that, that are, you know, the, the more copper that's in it, uh, the more expensive those metals have gotten, especially recently. Um, but we have most of those metals start as, as long bars of, of titanium, for instance. And so we have a, a company actually pre-slice those so that we actually get pucks. It's like a hockey puck size that we, that we get. And that's what we put into our machines. And so that's, that's one of the biggest reasons we use domestic suppliers for a lot of the metal is so that we can get it pre-cut for us. Which again costs more money, takes more time, but um, it allows us to have more fun here. You know, systems and processes create and foster creativity, and so yeah. we need to be creative here. So it's just like, how can we systematize the most of this that we possibly can, so that we can still have fun.
1: Amazing. So you mentioned something before. You were saying preserving the the you the watch of the day. You were saying we really want to try to expose or share the story behind a given pocket watch that you find the brand itself that sort of thing that the 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 example in itself tell us the importance of you guys like when you're talking about preserving the timepiece itself but also sharing the history that kind of comes with it so the research that kind of goes with it maybe you can share with us a little bit about what that means to you guys and the importance that it has with the what you guys do
2: yeah so um every i mentioned that that we have the historical records on all these companies and and most of that is just public knowledge at this point um there's this really cool if you if you're like holding your grandpa's pocket watch and you want to know how old it is or where it was made um there's there's a cool website uh called pocketwatchdatabase.com and um that is probably the only source that like has all of the records in one place. We have a lot of other things that, that we have access to, but that one's really fun. You basically say, okay, I have an Elgin pocket watch with this serial number, and then it'll tell you um, the year it was made, how many of that movement were made in total across all of Elgin's history, um, and then how many were made in the run. And there's a lot that we can learn from that, and so we document that information and send it along with with all the all the watches. We also are continuously documenting information on the pocket watch companies themselves. Like I like I said, I did a video about the history of the Great American Watch Companies. I'm going to do videos next year about every single company separately. And so VortecWatches.com/history. Uh, doesn't exist right now, but at some point next year will be an all-encompassing awesome. history of every single watch company that existed a hundred years ago, so that you can read about Elgin and why it was the world's largest watch company for a hundred years, and it was just outside Chicago, and the factory doesn't exist anymore, but at one time it employed almost four thousand people. You know, like there's so much cool history there that most people don't know. So we feel like we kind of have to be like the shepherds of that history and tell people because that's really what makes these conversation pieces. Um, And so, yeah, every watch comes with that history. And we have a professional copywriter that writes a little story about each watch that you can see on Instagram. Uh, Every day we post the watch of the day. It says this this movement was made by Elgin in 1907. And did you know that in 1907 it was – yeah, Ga- the price of gas was free. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this,
1: just fun facts about that time period. And most of the time, I'll say as, as a hobbyist, that becomes a huge part of the appeal. Yeah. Like when you take, um, I, I, I'm sure you haven't heard all our podcasts, we constantly have a running gag. Dimitri wears a Speedmaster, but like the, as one of his many watches, but the, 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 the story that comes with it is, is maybe the jump point for so many of people who will sure. get into maybe the hobby. And, and if, your, if your story that you share, your time pieces aside, can get people into this hobby, I think that's really great. And it's it's such another angle that I find is so important what you guys are doing. And, that, and, and, and I personally, or we in terms of the podcast, we really love that because we often talk about history. Like that's what makes that watch so cool, the story that comes behind it as well, right? So that's, we really, really love that. Yeah.
0: 100%. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, just to add, right, for... Uh, I think history is usually not usually is often an entry point for a lot of people getting into watches because they get an appeal maybe not necessarily from the watch itself but the history associated with it because you get to carry to wear something that has a very very interesting story to tell.
2: Yeah, and that's you know that that's why we we say conversation piece because I mean every watch we make is a conversation piece. I mean you could talk about I mean, I could talk about just how we make the case of this watch. I mean, we did for you know five ten minutes, right? Like the crown on this watch was. This is our military edition. It was designed to look like mm-hmm. the cap on a on a cantina, you know, from World War II. Um, and and that's just that's what we made, you know. Then you get into the the movement, the dial, the hands. I mean, so many. There's so many conversations that can be had about like. Even just how the heck did they make this 100 years ago? It blows my mind.
1: So maybe I'll jump right onto to that, that watch that you're wearing. Yeah. Um, I know I'll, I'll cut you off the I know you want to ask something, but let me ask uh, RT there. So that watch you're wearing came out just now on the 11th mm-hmm. uh, at 11 Pacific Standard Time mm-hmm. on Veterans Day. So, on the 11th month, on the 11th day, at 11th Pacific time, <laughs> you came out with the new Military 50, the fourth edition, and this t- timepiece is pretty special to you. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about it, uh, the story behind it? I think there's a little touch as well where you guys have an initiative where you're giving back to to veterans as well, right? Uh, some of the proceeds. So, talk to us about that.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll hit you with the whole thing. So, um, basically long time ago i mean we, we take antique american pocket watches and turn them into wristwatches. one of the coolest things that we do i think is that if you have a family heirloom you can send it to us and we'll turn it into a wristwatch. and we call that mm-hmm. convert to your watch and it, you know literally if you google convert your watch we're the only company that does anything like it so that that comes straight to us um but as part of that process, we have people that send us emails with like, hey, I have my grandpa's watch or hey, I have my great you know, aunt's watch. I don't know what to do with this. Um, can you make it a wristwatch? And people send us these things and every day we see a new one. I mean, we get... I mean, we get probably two or three requests like that a day at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. And we can't do most of them. It's like half of American pocket watches that we can convert. The ones that we can are amazing. We get the family history and we talk to them. And when they get their watch, they cry because it's like, I mean, it's an heirloom. But one day someone sent us this pocket watch. This is called the Hamilton 4992B. And it was part of a military contract that the U.S. government contracted Hamilton, pocket, yeah, Hamilton Watch Company at the time to make for the U.S. Army Air Corps. And Hamilton um, was asked to make this watch, and, and you know, Elgin and Waltham made some too, but the, the one that's on my wrist is, and most of them um, were Hamilton pocket watches. And um, they were asked to make a 24-hour dial, like a true 24-hour dial, it says GCT mm-hmm. on the dial, which is Greenwich Civil Time, which was the central European time zone during World War II. It had to be a black dial with white hands and numerals. And it had to be a black dial so that when you're in the sky, because it was made for the Air Corps, or so you're in a bomber, um, it didn't ref- Did it reflect? reflect the light and give away your position in the yeah. sky, which is fascinating to think about. It had to be yeah. really <laughs> accurate. Because this was the Master Navigator's Watch is what it was called. So it was built for the navigators on bomber aircraft. And if you think about so it. it was
1: guiding everyone else.
2: I mean, you were the person on, I think there were seven or eight people on a B-17. You were the person that decided where you were in the sky. And I've read Oof. that if you were uh, just a few seconds off, if your, your timepiece was just a few seconds off, you could be more than a, a nautical mile away from where you think you are and this is you know this is 1939 or so right. guys like yeah, they didn't yeah. have laser guidance yeah. and gps yeah, yeah, yeah. we had no idea and, and you know we we had to we had to go fly over germany in the middle of the day and bomb the cities and we wanted to make sure we were bombing the right city right so like that's yeah, yeah. this watch that i have on my wrist was flown on a flying fortress over germany first of all How, like, the coolest story of any pocket watch that I'd ever seen. And we were like, okay, we need to learn more about this and we need to do something cool with this because Hamilton made 120,000 of them total and they all look the same. Unlike most of the watches we make, you know, that are one of a kind. And all uniquely different. These ones, we were like, okay, we can make more than one watch that looks the same. That's fun. That's cool. And so in 2019, we came out with the first one. We decided to do 50. It took me a couple years to find 50 of them, um, but we found 50 movements and we made a custom case and crown and like we tried to make it its own unique limited edition. Um, and we take the Master Navigator's Pocket Watch and turn it into a wristwatch that we call the Military Edition. And we call it, and I'm just going to state it, this is the coolest watch on the face of the earth. Like, it's just so cool. Um, And, like, the history and the story that goes into it is amazing. Um, And we decided to release it on Veterans Day for a number of reasons. One, just the storytelling that we can do around that and just promoting veterans' causes and promoting, like, People don't know the history behind this stuff. Like one interesting fact was if you took off in a B-17 from Europe and flew over Germany during World War II, you only had a 50% chance of landing safely. Oh, my God. They didn't know that. Wow. They had no idea. But if you look at the statistics of how many bombers we lost during the war, the Americans did the daylight bombing. So they saw the planes. And they shot at us, and they, they took out half of them. Yeah. And so um, these, these crazy stories that, that come from, I mean, this is war, right? Um, the history in this, is, it gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it. And so that reason, obviously, like releasing it on Veterans Day to just honor the heritage um, of this piece— but then also, right around that same time, I, I've, I found out about the Veterans Watchmaker Initiative, which is one of the only schools in America that teaches people how to be watchmakers. But this particular school in Odessa, Delaware, run by Sam Cannon, who's also a saint, this, this man has dedicated his life to training U.S. military veterans how to become watchmakers. It's the only school that teaches just veterans to become watchmakers. And obviously the perfect charitable cause to partner with as as any watch company but especially someone that does you know what we do and so um five hundred dollars from the sale of every one of these watches goes to that school we've donated over a hundred thousand before this year we'll get to almost one hundred fifty thousand total across four years um this year um they built a building and named it after me and us you know like there's there's a lot of cool stuff that we've done with that school um and you know the world needs more watchmakers you guys you guys know like how hard is it to get your watches serviced right now how long does it take you know how much does it cost it's
0: a mess um and it's risky too depending on uh, you know who you go to to get it it's done. a mess
2: and so um and there's uh there's only seven schools in america that that teach people how to be watchmakers they all take maybe 10 to 15 people at a time and it's a two-year course so like we are still losing more watchmakers um to retirement or you know just not wanting to be watchmakers or passing away um than we're gaining from all of these schools statistically so this problem is still getting worse every day there are not enough watchmakers in in the world much less the U.S. and so anything we can do to support that and try to get more watchmakers especially those that have served our country is is what we're going to do so that's the military edition. That's the Veterans Watchmaker Initiative. Um, I couldn't be more passionate if you can't tell about either the product or that or that cause. <laughs> but that's that's what well, that's we do. And why we do? Super it. cool.
0: Um, it's it's super cool. The history is amazing. It kind of reminded me a little bit uh, of you know the same impact. Let's say clocks and pocket watches had on the railroad mm-hmm. industry in the states back in the day when uh, you know there was no there's no let's say. There's no other means of communicating and timing things to make sure that you're going on a schedule to make sure the trains don't hit yeah, each right. other yeah. right? when they depart different towns at the same time. Uh, super cool. Uh, just to kind of go back a bit more uh, to the general question is uh, you know, you guys embrace, it seems, um, upcycling mm. in general as a concept. And this is a term that's mentioned a lot when you know uh, when Vortec is mentioned. Uh, maybe could you describe to us if you have any maybe future initiatives or uh, concepts that you would like to go to something maybe along the lines of going carbon neutral and stuff like that? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were
2: always working on tons of things. Um, the, the team usually has to talk me down off of like this, this mountain of ideas that I have every day, every year, you know, there's way too many projects that we could do. Um, you know, we, we started off, obviously by restoring these old pocket watches and upcycling them into wristwatches, that's really the ethos of the brand of, at least of, of the brand today. And, and, and of, um, you know, the, what we call the American artisan series, which is our pocket watch conversions. We also, when we started on Kickstarter in 2014, we were one of the first companies to 3d print a titanium case for a watch at scale. Um, And the, the method that we used for that was called direct metal laser sintering. And I don't know how sustainable it is because it takes a lot of energy to fuse titanium together. (laughs) Um, and Mm. and to 3d print titanium, you know, creates a lot of, it, it takes a lot of energy, but most of the titanium that was used was powdered titanium, which was recycled from something else. And I just always thought that was really cool. Um, so we were kind of like first to market in that, that side of the, the world. Um, since we've, we've purchased our own CNC machines, we can, we can make things using more traditional methods of manufacturing. Sometime next year, we're hoping to roll out some more 3D printed metal stuff just kind of for fun. We don't need to do it anymore, but it, it is really cool and it's fun to talk about. Um, and that's really our background. You know, um, We went to Penn State and just got to play with some really cool technology there. Um, but that's, so that's, that's one, you know, kind of sustainable thing. Um, we, I mean, we just purchased the, the building, um, that we're in. So we own this, this building here in Fort Collins, um, and we're going to put solar power on, on the roof. Um, one for sustainability, obviously, just trying to do the best we can. But two, because our electric bill is insane. <laughs> so if we can save a little <laughs> bit on that, um, you know that that's that's going to help help a lot. Um, you, you know, the the biggest thing that I can say around sustainability is having doing as much as we can domestically and doing as much as we can in house here in this building gives us insight and control over the entire process. So when there's a decision on should we do it this way or should we do it that way, we get to, because we can see it happening right in front of us, make the right decision. And the right decision isn't always the most sustainable one, you know, just in transparency. Like we do the best we can with everything we do. Um, Sometimes those decisions are based on like, well, we don't have enough humans and it's hard to find good people right now. And I wish we could do it that way, but that would take three more humans in the shop and we can't afford that or we literally can't hire that many people. And so we're going to put that idea on pause here for a bit. Um, But like, you know, one example is for years, our boxes that we used to ship in wooden boxes and that that became unsustainable Mm -hmm. as a company because they were very hard to make. But the wood that we used was all recycled from a door company when they made the, the front doors of like, they made these beautiful custom front doors for homes and they had scrap wood left over. And we said, Hey, can you make us some, some watch boxes from that? And so if you got one of the first 1500 watches that we made, you received it in a wooden box. Um, now we partnered because it's more sustainable from a business standpoint um, and it's a local company. We partnered with Otterbox, which is a, a multi-billion-dollar company, yeah. but here in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, and all of our watches ship in an Otterbox dry box, um, and and that's just a very functional way to ship the watch, protect the watch over time, have the packaging actually get used. the The issue I found with those wooden boxes, even though they were, they were cool and sustainable, was that all the customers were throwing them away um they didn't have any purpose wow. for them yeah. um some of them kept them because you know keeping the box and papers is worth it but we had a few customers that they had five six watches and they're like I'm, i don't i don't need five wooden boxes what am i doing um now you get a you know no, but you're right at one box. point
1: you know if you if you plan on keeping the watch forever and you'll look that this is so wonderful it's beautiful it's part of my collection and you guys sell such a or the proposition itself is such a story, or such a unique one-to-one, such a, a personalized experience, and a very unique watch that that you enjoy. It's not one of many thousands, and maybe they'll be like, "Oh, I'm never going to sell this." They just throw out the box, right? There's no need to keep it. They don't even think about the. Well, it's worth more if I keep it. it doesn't matter. I'm keeping it for good, right?
2: Yeah. So I think my answer is 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 we do a lot. I mean, a ton in sustainability and we think about it and talk about it all the time and the ethos and the core of our business is upcycling um and you know but you're faced as a business owner you're faced with those decisions every day and the best you can do is the best you can do you just have to make the best decision at that time um and and do what's right for for the sustainability of the entire company um i would you know just to put a bow in that I would rather do everything in my power to keep every human in this building employed first Mm. than anything else. You know, how do I, how do I keep everybody with their jobs? How do I create more jobs? How do we create more opportunity? Um, And then if we can do that in a very sustainable way, like we do, then we'll continue to do that. But that's, that's really the way I, I look at that stuff. Um, But like, obviously we stand for upcycling we're going to go down in history for protecting the method of upcycling in federal court with the hamilton v Vortec thing so like you know that that's kind of been our claim to fame and that lawsuit is now cited in upcycling and will be for decades so um yeah to say we stand for upcycling is is an understatement
1: for sure <laughs> so 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 you're saying you've shared a lot about what the brand says about you guys, and I think that's really, really great. What would you want our listeners to know about you and uh, the team in general outside of maybe what you've shared here already? Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, you know, I think one thing that that I'd love people to, to know and, and to do is um, that we kind of just realized is once, once we bought this building and we brought as many things in-house as we could – Um, We realized that, that Vortec Watch Company here in downtown Fort Collins, Colorado, is one of the only places you can go in the world to see and witness right in front of you every single step of building a watch in one building. You know, there's certainly places like that that you can go in Switzerland, but most of the Swiss companies... They have the cases made in one factory and, you know, one part of town yeah. and the, yeah. the dials the ACM, are made over yeah. here and you yeah. know, there's a bunch of parts made in China that they don't want to talk about, don't want you to know about. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not go there. Um and and then there? and then the assembly happens in a different building, and I've done some of those tours, and it's really cool, but you it's kind of like okay, let's get on the shuttle or let's go over here or like you know let's watch the um you know people un unbox the shipment of dials we got from our our factory that's somewhere else um yeah. you know because we do what we do, and because we do it the way that we do it, when you tour our building here, this is it you know, and we show you everything, you know, nothing's a secret. We're taking something that's a hundred years old and just turn it into wristwatch. You know, it's just cool. So we want you to know how we do it Um, because, and that's really the thing that, that Tyler, my business partner talks about all the time. Um, As we make decisions like that previous conversation, as we make decisions about how and why we're going to do something, we want people that the more they learn about our company, the more they want to buy one. And unfortunately, yeah. that doesn't happen with a lot of other businesses. Guilty. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Guilty. So that's yeah. that's yeah. really
2: that's what we're trying to do, and and that's what I'd love people to know is is come visit, you know, like. But we're we're still getting settled in, but we're gonna have a uh, on our we're, we're redoing the website early next year. We're gonna have basically like calendar booking, so you'll be able to like schedule a tour yeah. and oh, all oh, that nice. stuff. Right now, you can just email us. Um, And Kyle, who sits in the front room, will just give you a tour. Um, But we're going to try to to build a whole system and process around giving tours. We're going to do tours for schools and colleges and, you know, uh, people that hopefully would be inspired to to say, yeah, maybe, you know, if they're making a watch here, maybe I can make something else here. Like, that's really cool. So that's what we're
1: trying to do. So, and tell us what does uh, and other than that I know you guys have plans for that what does what else does Vortech have in store for the future that maybe you want to share with us without you know all giving all the secrets away but is there anything yeah excited you want us to share with everyone
2: yeah so we um early next year ish by mid next year um we'll have a whole another product line out. And you mentioned mm-hmm. FTS or Find Timepiece Solutions in Fountain Hills, Arizona. They're the only company that's that's going to and, and has the capability of at least assembling uh, mechanical movements in America. They're not made in USA. The parts are made elsewhere, but they're okay. assembling the movements in Arizona. Um, we are buying movements from them, and we're using those to to build basically the the most american-made production scale watch mechanical automatic watch that exists and that's the future uh coming out sometime next year and if you want to follow along the best way is we we have tyler and i do that youtube show called custer and wolf building Mm a watch company and every week we're just documenting um what we do here right now and we're gonna pull back the curtain and say okay Here's where this part's made, here's where this part's made, here's how this part's made. You know, we we can't we probably can't stamp made in USA on the back of that watch because the movement's assembled here. It's not made here, but we'll certainly say built in America because you're damn right it is. Um yeah. and and so the bigger mission is is to to basically, you know, to sum it up, like take on Shinola as like the title of the American watch company. We want to be household name when you think of american watch company you think of vortec here in colorado not fossil or timex or shinola um nothing against those companies but that's that's what we're after we want to be the best in the world at what we do and it, we got to start with being the best in our country at what we do
1: and that's fantastic and, th- and you know thank you so much for the tr- and i really appreciate the transparency you know, the openness to share. And I think that that's something that watch hobbyists often, not say struggle with, but when we when people have doubts when they're discovering a new brand or whatnot, oftentimes they have doubts about exactly that. Well, that seems a little bit, you know, nebulous. That's a little ambiguous. I'm not quite sure where that comes from. or Where are they sourcing this, you know? And the simple fact that you guys are putting out a level of transparency and how you guys do uh, manufacture all your watches, where they come from, where you want to take it, I think it's really, really great, and it's something I think very appealing for someone who wants to have a relationship. Because to me, I don't find that you're buying the watch all the time. You're also buying the the the, the brand, mm-hmm. the folks that you're you're speaking with, you're engaging with, and, and independents like yourselves. It's great to be able to communicate directly with you to know what you guys are all about, where you guys are doing, and as a hobbyist, I have to say, you know, kudos on that front because it's really, really great.
2: Thanks, Kevin. And yeah, I mean that's the the point of that, and what we try to do. And I've I've had a lot of customers tell me this, um, and this is how they feel. But what we try to do is you're not purchasing, you're not buying a Vortec watch. You're investing in the company. Mm. You're investing in something that we created. You're investing in the future of American manufacturing by purchasing this watch and owning this this piece, this this piece of American history, you know, that's a conversation piece that's fun you're supporting myself, Tyler, and the eight other humans that we have working in this building doing our darndest to just do it the right way. And we have yeah. so many customers that, that I mean, I think our, our repeat customer rate across the last two years is over 40%. So, when you purchase oh, um. your first Vortic watch, you have a forty percent chance to purchase a second Vortic watch within St- start months.
0: so start saving for the next one yeah. once you buy the first one. Yeah. And that's so and it's that, dangerous.
2: That, that's one of the wallet. things, guys, that I'm I'm the most proud of, you know, because we yeah. like Tyler and I were just two kids with a dream and like that's what we built. Like this is the American dream. This is what we're trying to do. And and that's why I think a lot of our customers are also um, entrepreneurs, you know, they're, they're small business owners. They're, they're not necessarily watch people, you know, they have a couple of nice watches Mm. or whatever. Um, they see buying a watch from us instead of buying a watch from a big company as, you know, supporting someone like them. Um, and, and for that, I say, thank you. If you're a customer or you're a future customer, thank you so much. Like you are supporting us and that's, that's why we do it. And that's why we get to keep doing it.
1: Well that's fantastic. Well listen, RT, I think we're we're getting towards the end here. Do you have a, a plug you'd like to to make while you're on the podcast to to before we sign off? I,
2: I feel like this whole episode was a plug, so thank you for uh, <laughs> exactly. just, just letting me talk, you know? Like that's um I I really appreciate you guys for for having me, you know, whatever whatever I and and we here at Vortec can, can do to to really to support you guys and and your mission of of just talking about watches. I think that's yeah, that's part of it. Like we need more people to talk about watches. Um, if I could plug anything, I would go back to the Veterans Watchmaker Initiative. Veterans Day was just really recently, but it's always a good time to give. Giving Tuesday is the the day that people forget about right after Cyber Monday is giving Giving Tuesday if you love watches and you want to support the future of American watch companies, American watches, um, and, and producing and restoring and fixing your watches. If you want your Rolex fixed 10 years from now, no matter where you live in the world, you need a watchmaker and the veterans watchmaker initiative is a charity that's, that's doing just that. And, um, and that's uh, veteranswatchmakerinitiative.org i believe so i'd rather plug them if that's okay with you guys
1: excellent absolutely sure. bless y'all that's amazing so thank you very much rt we really appreciate the time we wish you guys wonderful success we hope to see you soon maybe another watch event sure. maybe we'll go to colorado come on in had, yeah. uh, Any, definitely stop by anytime. Yeah.
2: you guys are welcome here and, and yeah uh, i'll probably see you at one of the the future wind up shows i'm i'm doing all i'm i'm hooked on them i'm doing all of them i love that
1: awesome excellent well we wish you all the best you take care now and we'll be in touch thank you talk to y'all soon take care R.T. thanks bye. cheers bye now so if you enjoyed this episode please reach out to us on big black clock official on instagram or email us at big black at gmail.com send us your pictures corrections ideas insults and let us know if there are any pieces you want us to review but of course the caveat that we can afford them as always be good to each other eat good food have some drinks For those of you always watch shopping, happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we will see you next week.